All right, I don't know what time it is on your clock, but I know what I'm getting ready for. It is time for the Professional CISO Podcast with David Malico. Welcome, one and all, to the Professional CISO Podcast. I'm your host, David Malico. This show is an exploration of the topics necessary to professionalize the CISO role. Today, our guest is Robert Pace, CISO of Invitation Homes. We've had a couple sponsors that have uh, believed in us from the very beginning. Uh, so first, I want to thank uh, Interpret Security, uh, the guys over there, uh, Nick Lanta, Michael Jake's founders, uh, great uh, partnering with you guys, and I appreciate that you guys have seen uh, what we're trying to accomplish here, as well as Contraforce. Uh, they, uh, Stan and Ricky, uh, uh, have been supporters from the very beginning, giving us license to, to have the guests on that we want to have and, and do what we want to do. So let's talk about being a professional CISO. So this is an honor. Robert and I, just full disclosure, we worked together at uh, Perot Systems and Dell back in the day. Previously, Robert was with First American Payment Systems, Textron, and PwC. Please welcome Robert Pace. And thank you, Dave. This is my honor to be here. Let me tell you, my friend, just to be here to have a conversation with you on this day. It is really good. I'm looking forward to how we want to chop it up during this discussion. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I, one, it's going to be a compliment fest. I'm just saying I have the utmost respect for this guy. I can tell I can tell everybody out there. Before we get started there, what I want to do is I want to give Robert an opportunity uh, to give us his one minute, give his his, his story arc around uh, as a kid, all the way through teenage years, college years, whatever. How did you get into tech? What were the impacts that you saw during your early life into your later life that got you into tech and cybersecurity? Oh, man, that's great. Uh, I'll put it on a jet ski for you. Born and raised in Detroit, and my high school electronics teacher, there was a vocational program in the public schools in Detroit, and they took the top 10 students and allowed them to go to Burroughs, which became Unisys at that point in time. So I went to my normal high school for three hours and then went across town wow. and learned how to work on the Burroughs systems to be a field technician. That was my entree into there, and it was working out great, but I said I wanted to go to college. So I had a chance to go to Michigan State. Um, even my intern summer jobs was at the uh, Chevrolet plant there in East Lansing, Michigan. And the plant manager said, hey, young man, can you keep my computer loaded up with better games than the guy with Fisher Body? I said, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> so that was about foray into it. And that was strange enough. I was around quality control and learning and learning and learning. Mm -hmm. And upon that, exited and um, had the first job at Ameritech, mm -hmm. learning telco, which yes. was the internet before it became right. popular, yeah. right? I learned that uh, supervising union folks. And from that, it just kept going on and on. I've been blessed, let me say blessed again, to have really good mentors. And one of my mentors told me that you love this computer stuff so much, you're going to be in that eventually. You should go. Sure enough, PwC happened and the ball and consulting uh, started going in. So, David, long and short, I've been around tech my whole right. career and such that I was so much in tech. One of my mentors also told me while I was at Ameritech, you need to go back and get your master's degree to learn mm -hmm. business. You need to be balanced. You just can't sit there and talk ones and zeros all the time. You have to have a balanced approach. So that is the jet ski overview until I'm here now and 
one of those key points was meeting you along the way. And, For sure. Uh, man, that was good. So I want to extend that just a little bit. So we're okay. going to take a little bit longer on the jet ski. So how did you go from the tech into cyber? Hey, great. Um, it was the proverbial three stooges. Somebody stepped forward. Everybody else took a step back. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to, hey, you take that and you do it. And what it became was being a commerce person, dealing in telco and outages, understanding how to handle systems. I just became the calm person in the room and I had a thirst for learning. Being calm is one thing, but you have to want to learn right. and continuously learn. And it wasn't no books and information security not back that, then. Not back then. No, we was, it was so crazy. It was a 2600 magazine. We would go out to Barnes and Noble and buy them all up because we knew that's what the threat actors were looking at at that right. point in time. But I just became enamored with all the elements of information security. I mean, just being around it, learning, and just when you think you know, you don't know. You don't know. So it, that was my point, and I just have been refining it from you know the consulting, going into a defense contract, going into retail, to credit card processing, to the current company I'm at. And each one of those points on learning also balanced it with a managerial side. So I tried to keep both in balance. And right. is it mind-numbing at a time? Sure. Sure. But this is what I asked for. Okay, we'll jump off the jet ski. Uh, now we're going to go back to uh, story time. Okay. Which is, uh, we worked together. We worked together 20 some odd years ago. Yes. Uh, I'm going to tell my side first and then I'm going to kick it over to you. So Robert made an impression upon me. Uh, I was a delivery leader at Pro Systems slash Dell. I think it was Dell at that time, but right. I always like to call it Pro. It just has a little more je ne sais quoi, right? right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, and I was leading a transition for a company uh, that we were pulling services in. We were going to start providing services. And Robert and I wound up being, during this transition, transition was two weeks and even stayed over the weekend yes. just in case anything went wrong. Uh, but uh, we were stuck basically just he and I in a very large conference room. If I recall, it was a very large round table. Huge conference room. Huge conference room. Uh, almost like a um, command center is yes. what I would kind of put it. And initially, since we didn't know each other very well, he sat on one side and I sat like 180 degrees across on the other, right? Uh, and so, but ultimately, uh, as, the, as the week went on, we got to know each other better because we would have these calls and ultimately we'd set the teams up forth on their tasks. And then there wasn't a whole lot for us to do other than track progress. So I, uh, we started talking, I think it might've been the second week that it was, and we were sitting there one day and, um, I, Robert leans over to me and he says, Dave, you need to get into cybersecurity. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I think kind of took that as a compliment, I guess. But I was like, yeah, okay. You know, but I kind of thought I had my own thing going on. I had a path forward and I felt good about what I was doing. So I was like, yeah, I appreciate that, man. But, uh, but it stuck. Uh, that was the thing. The seed was planted. And so it was not anything more than two years later that I had already made the decision because I was already doing some security, right? Uh, and new nuances obviously had somebody like you as my information security officer that was mm -hmm. teaching me every day. Talk about teaching up, right? But uh, to have that ability to, to be around somebody, a professional like you at that time for sure. Uh, so now I will let you uh, go from your perspective on that origin story. I, I think you're summary was good, but just let me break it down from a CISO perspective. 
on that large scale engagement, and, and David was correct, it was a large conference room, big command center. But we know as CISOs, and everybody listening can understand where I'm going. You have a delivery leader, just get her done, get her done. It can't be that hard, just get her done. And I'm going, yeah, I can't water this down that much. You understand the risk point, and you have to understand. Needless to say, it was two alphas. That's exactly how, that's why we was 180 degrees apart, because I had my territory, you had yours. You wanted just enough to keep everything going, and I wanted you to know just enough to stay out of my way. Mm -hmm. But during that meeting, it was a process element that drew that kinship. I till understanding process flow, understanding how to do more through others. That was so key. And during that meeting, that two weeks, we started inching a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, we may walk outside a little bit. And before you know it, we were, hey, let's go grab a coffee, starting to share points. As you said, you was looking at me, David. I was looking at you. I enjoyed the, the managerial skills, being able to sprinkle in the good business acumen as well as delivering the technology. That's what made it good. And it was that point where we kind of both relaxed, put the weapons away, yeah. and we started to know each other, and it was a good compliment. So I think that was the key point that you just left out a little bit that I wanted you out of my way, and you just wanted enough I, for me. I wanted to set you up for success today in this podcast, so that's why I, I wanted you to bring it home, <laughs> which you would I knew you would do for sure. Not, not rehearsed by any stretch of the imagination, but... Um, and I do want to acknowledge that uh, after that, I went out. I did consulting. I was a road warrior for five years. COVID happened, and I was really wasn't connected to the DFW cybersecurity community. And Robert is, was one of the key people that would brought me into the fold uh, to be able to introduce me to folks. Here, this is what you need to go to. Here, introduce you to this person. And, and honestly, allowed me to get to where I'm sitting today to have these critical conversations with folks. So I could think of no one better to bring in on one of my first podcasts to talk about what it means to be a professional CISO. Cause we had agreed upon that a long time ago without even realizing that we had, right? That's so true. You know, when you summarize that, regardless of the vertical, the person is operating in, you see talent. And I think the one thing for CISOs have to understand how to bring more folks into the fold. Mm. It cannot and should not stay the same. So the growth, is by bringing different folks with different perspectives yes. into it. And the transformation, man, we was doing transformation way back then. Yes, we were. You know, the fancy words you can put to it, but the concept was transformation. And how do we continue to learn? And I can just paraphrase it no better than saying iron sharpens iron. For sure. And then we've had that conversation for as oh, well, yes. which, uh, yeah. And I cherish the time because I think the other side of it is this. We all... As CISOs, we're all busy, yes. and you have to make time to be able to get together uh, and and have that iron sharpen that iron, right? Mm -hmm. In a bit of very purposeful way as well. Uh, so definitely encourage everybody out there, whether you're a CISO today or, or a, a burgeoning or, or want to be uh, in that position one day, just understand that's a that's a big part of the process. And you have to trust that circle that you have. It's going to be a lot of folks, CISOs, that you're going to be around. You're going to hear things. But you have to have that core team that you trust. Agreed. That when they tell you something, you listen. Put your ego aside. Right. Take it in and listen. Run things by them. Tell them, I'm going to 
work on a presentation or I, I'm seeing this in the mixture of the people I'm dealing with. Have you heard that? Have you seen that before? Tell me what I need to change in my delivery. And it could be a book. It could be a presentation any, or the dress, anything. Yes. And, you know, one of the funny things about that, and Dave, we've had this before. We could be at a conference and sometimes I can see you being shanghai in a corner by somebody <laughs> and i'll go grab you yeah. you need that kind of court yes, excuse you me do. you know you can remove yourself you gotta, and not a, not in the dating kind of way but you need a wingman from time to time yes, or a wing woman yes. from time to time to help you help you you, yes, you do for and, sure and i think that's how we become stronger because we gain more knowledge from the collective body oh we are smarter than me that's it turn the m upside down and make it a w right we exactly. how do we do this exactly. right Man. how can we get better because if we're not learning and sharing we got to pass this on to the next set of folks thus why we're here that's why we're here and so uh honestly right into it so yeah i mean one of the things that you had indicated and i, I like how you led in there which is uh the ability to self-reflect the ability to look at the hard things, ability to be vulnerable, let's say. I think that's all part of what the point of this podcast is. Have the hard conversations, take your ego off the table. Uh, if there's an elephant in the room, we're gonna go talk about it. So um, so I want your, you, you've already kind of talked about it. Talk to me about your your perspective on professionalizing the CISO role. Like uh, where are we at today? As a as an industry, right? Because we have, you know, it's it's a bell curve, right? As we as most everything is, but where are we at? Uh, what are you What are you seeing? What are you seeing as far as the the up the positives, the 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 what's moving in the right direction, and maybe what might be moving in the wrong direction? Man, great point. I think let's start with the right direction because there's so much good, and even those items that could be wrong, not hit on them, we can make it right. The element that we have now from the groundbreaking that has been done in the past, and even some of the bad incidents that's happened, we have that voice in the room. Now, the one item I will stress, you don't have to prove that you're a CISO when you walk into the room. You've already been invited. Relax and understand the business element. If you have not gained more knowledge on process, and I really, I mentioned that earlier, that's what we have that relationship on, ITIL. If you can understand the process flow, being able to look at what you're receiving, what are you actioning on? If I can use that as a word, I can, <laughs> all right? And then what are you delivering to know, is this good? And one of the, the key points on that is, you have to understand the business element. Mm. Uh, I advise a lot of the guys on my team, it's great to put a lot of controls right there, but you can't put a $10,000 control over a $2 risk. Right. It sounds great, but it's inevitably a science project. You have to slow down risk management. That's that element of cybersecurity. We're dealing with risk all the time. How do you balance that? How do you make sure it's just enough to address it and depending on where the business is going or where the project is going or what your budget is, balancing a little bit of growth. So I look at it from in that realm of business, we have to learn and continuously provide options, give them a current technology mm -hmm. or process, give them an emerging technology or process, and give them a declining technology or process, all of those got to be framed up. It has to be within your overall framework or your policy and procedures, 
but you're now engaging with the business, allow that person to walk away with a sense of pride. If they can say, oh, uh, you gave me three choices, Rob. Well, what about the middle one? Yeah, you can use that. Oh, that's good. And if it's enough, but win-win, you walk away. Now, if they pick the declining technology, you just offer a little caution. Hey, you know you're going to have to come back for that, but they may disclose, hey, this is a pilot project. So it makes sense. So on the declining technology front, doesn't doesn't that now become more of a risk conversation? It does. And it's a little bit of magical, too. The declining does not always stay there. You, the owner of the options, you have your declining, what will fall off the table. Your current becomes your declining. Your emerging becomes the current. Then you have a new emerging there. So you're always refreshing that set of three that when the folks want to pick the declining one, they say, oh, yeah, I always pick the declining one. They say, oh, it changed. Yeah, that's the magic of it. You was you was predicated on making a pre-decision, but we can pull you back. Now, if you get to the point, especially in the times we're in now, where you want to, I just want to sign up for that risk, man, you want to make it really, really difficult on that aspect because if there's a risk and they say, we're just going to accept the risk, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Let's, let's not just do that too um, easily. Hmm. Let's have a real discussion. And that's where, David, I think that's what we have to do. Take it up to the business level. You know what you're signing up for. You know what's going to be exposed. And oh, by the way, sometimes we have to do it. You got to bring in some of that FUD, the fear, mm-hmm. uncertainty, doubt. Understood. Bring in a little scare tag if you have to. Now, I'm not going to Use go, with caution. Use with caution. You shouldn't have to bring in the big stick all the time. They should respect you. But sometimes you may have a new person in the leadership position. You have not developed that relationship. So you have to work on that. It's the mm-hmm. cultivation of that. But when you plant the seed that they know you bring in options, then you can deal with risk. You're not talking about the tech. You're not talking about the latest encryption. You're talking about what's good for the business. Here's what's happening. Can we sustain this? Is it reportable? And what's going to be the ongoing cost to maintain? Now you sounding like a professional. Right. Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by ContraForce. When you need to get maximum productivity from your existing Microsoft security stack and other leading tools, you should be working with ContraForce. Specifically targeted at the MSP and MSSP space, ContraForce reduces security operations complexity and empowers the next generation of security response through generative security operations. And it is all possible leveraging an organization's existing security tools. The ContraForce SecOps workspace reduces complexity for the security analyst by automating time-consuming tasks across end customer detection and response tools, empowering them with insights and frictionless access to information and remediations. The result is massive improvement in analyst efficiency and security effectiveness. ContraForce eliminates security fatigue. They have increased speed of connector deployment, one-click incident response, and they stack responses with incident response gamebooks. To see ContraForce in action and to learn how you can reduce your SecOps complexity and churn while leveraging your existing tools, visit www.contraforce.com. We appreciate ContraForce's support as a foundation sponsor of the Professional CISO Podcast. You have spoken quite a bit about risk management. Yes. What if I am a security, let's say mid-level senior security practitioner or a lower level leader that I don't have a great basis in risk management. What can I do to enhance those skills? Where do I need to move into? What, what are good resources that I would be able to do that? Because I think we both agree, risk management is 
a core fundamental piece of what being a professional CISO is mm-hmm. about, right? And then obviously linking that to business risk, right? That's that's a, those are key components yes. in what we're trying to accomplish. What if I'm that practitioner? What if I'm that leader, but I just don't have that core uh, fundamentals in risk management? Where do I go? What do I do? How can I how can I develop those skills? I, I think that's really good, and there are multiple paths to get there. But I'll say one that yeah, I mean, we was there. You can't get exposure to understand the risk discussion until somebody takes you to a meeting, mm. so you can listen. Go. You need to be into that project management, the go no go meetings, so you can understand what is being stated on. Yeah, you over here working on a firewall. That's great, but you need to get to that go no go meeting. It's not doing the code. It's not deploying the latest system. It's not checking this vulnerability for the CV. No, you need to be in that project meeting when they're doing a go, no go decision, understand the gates and understand what's being said. That is the good learning. So number one, that practitioner, identify if you don't have a mentor, you need one or identify, can I sit in a meeting? I just want to observe. My work is done. Make sure your work is done. But this, some of this is the, as I call it, the sweat equity. Mm-hmm. Go to that extra meeting where you can learn on what happens because, David, you and I know things happen in a meeting. Business changes. Yes. Something happened on the earnings call or it's been a new announcement right. and something, oh, we need to move forward. Uh, can we forego that and still go live? That's the risk management. You need to listen on how that's being presented by those folks senior to you. And then after the meeting, go to them and say, I noticed we said this, and my technical mind was telling us no, no, no. And you said, okay, with a conditional approval. Right. How, how do you understand that? And just trial and error. You just have to be around it. I think one thing that I would say in addition to that, because I get 100%, uh, is there is opportunity to understand that risk is in everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Every situation that you're presented with, professionally and even personally, there's a risk component to it. That is correct. There's a risk of doing it. There's a risk of not doing it. Right. And so I think just fundamentally altering your thinking that if if you're not thinking in risk terms, particularly in your professional career, yes. uh, that if you start with that, start it at fundamentals and say, here's any given situation. I don't care what it is. Right. Where's the risk? Just ask the question. Right, you should be thinking about that. Where's the risk? What are, what risk am I seeing? What risk am I not seeing? Well, the part about seeing that's the process element. When you're talking about that risk, being able to look at an item and understand where are the control points, mm. monitoring what's the reporting, what will tell you are you on the preventative side? Feedback, exactly. And or it's detective. It's detective. You definitely need the feedback because right. you got to have something to feed in. Right. On the preventative side, what have a basis that you've done your homework mm. and you can understand what data are we dealing with. If it's only PII, you know where you're at. Is it e-commerce? You know where you're at. Right. You've got to understand that. Then you can understand the risk elements that could emerge from that. Then also, if you understand the risk, you can understand what threat actors could be identifying something to be um, taken over. Exploited. Oh, exploit, exactly. Exploit. That's, that's much better, right? But you have to understand that process point. I think that's the key element. Once you understand the process, what are the different control points? And think, as a young practitioner, understand preventative versus detective. Mm. 
and didn't understand a key word that comes in is it material mm. materiality comes into play so that's sweat equity yes you want to get into some meetings but you got to do a little bit of reading go out to isaca understand what some auditors talk about talk to someone that's in auditing can give you that kind of perspective especially on the jargon Mm-hmm. You need to understand that because you're so used to, I'm getting ready to deploy this. Uh, we got a CV. You got to understand from their perspective. Yes. Agreed. You and I are both extremely passionate about developing people. Yes. And so I want to talk a little bit about our responsibility as CISOs uh, in developing our teams, which, I mean, everybody talks about that. So that's one layer. But also, enabling those team members to become developers of teams. Yes. yes. So we're talking second level effects here. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about that. Talk to me about what you're doing, how you're doing it, what's your vision on that? How do you do it in your teams? Like how do we enable our teams to become enablers of their teams themselves? Another good point I will say as a leader, it's your job. And I love sports. You know I love sports, right? Or you're a Detroit guy. Come on, man. man. That's it. You have to understand the dynamics of your team Mm -hmm. and understand the communication, being able to communicate, getting everybody to communicate the same way. One of the key points I've done in in my mentors and my leaders along the way, I give everybody a signed reading. One of the books we read, it was The Phoenix Project. Yep just to make sure they could understand that story. Then when I said, hey, our job, and you know, we don't never have the largest team. No. So you gotta be able to understand the process, can you get on the catwalk and look at the flow? What do you see? Engage when you have to get down to the floor, but then get up on the catwalk and understand the flow. What are you seeing? So we went through that reading, that was good. And to a point, the guy's younger, came back, oh, I like that book, that was a good story. And they said, well, do I have to read it, Robert? Or I said, just have knowledge of it. I'm telling you, you can use Audible, you can read it, I don't care. But I do care is that when we start working and we make a reference to the book, you're able to understand that book and can bring forth some key points. Another item, so the sign reading is nice, get everybody level set, you as a leader, need to make sure you have those points there. What I like to do is make myself a member of the team. So I'll take one of my younger guys and I tell them at any point in time, you're gonna be leading a project. I will be a member of the team. I now need to immerse myself on the team to understand what are you doing as a leader so can I understand and see clearly that's what we talked about or that's not what we talked about and give them coaching points. Mm -hmm. After every meeting, I'll make sure I pull the guy aside, hey, great meeting, but you didn't as I call my three P's, you start a meeting off, you need to have a purpose, process, and then the product. Have that set the tone for the meeting. One of the guys said, well, why do I need to do that? Because you will always have a wild card. Yes. And if that's not on the agenda, that's not one of the products, you can gently push them aside. Great idea, David. But let's put that on the parking lot right. and talk about it later. So immersing myself on the team looking at their ability to lead. And when you make yourself a member of the team, tell them, don't give me too much because I still have my other job right, to do. Exactly. But you're able to look at them and let them lead that meeting. Just listen. Don't try to overtake them. Let them lead it and then give them the coaching points afterwards. I'll give you a quick point if I can. Yeah, for sure. One of the young men said, hey, you, you had to do your elevator speech. And the young man, he kept looking at me and looking at me. 
had no idea what I was talking about. And I pulled him aside. I said, I've been saying this for a couple of times. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Honestly, Mr. Payson, no. Okay. Um, Let's take your content. Let's go out to the elevator. And we went down to the first floor. Now, we're going to go up to, I think it was the 13th floor. You got until the 13th floor to make sure I know what I need to know before I walk out. You can do the walk and talk mm-hmm. or the elevate. That's why they call it elevator speed. Captive audience. Yeah. Tell me what I need to know. And the analogy is tell me what time it is. Don't tell me how to make the watch. Right. And so those are the items I utilize in there. And that's about me being a participant, a participant on my teams, leading and then understanding, too, as a leader, that's why we have two ears. You got to listen. If you're not hearing what you should hear from your team, mm-hmm. you got to go back, call a timeout. Sometimes you got to look over at people. Circle them up. Circle them up. This is your task. This is what you need to do. It's great to call an audible. You're going to get guys, oh, yeah, but we can change it. Wait, wait, run the play. Run the play first. Run the play first because we're gauging ourselves for the last two minutes of the game. But if you don't run the play in the first quarter, I won't understand how we're operating. Right. So that's the that's the key point in yeah. communication, communication. I do use the uh, embedding myself in the team, let the let a team member get into a position where they can succeed, lead a lead an effort, lead a, lead yes. a small project, whatever. Uh, I become their consultant almost basically. Exactly. Uh, I'm a I'm a educated and, and experienced ear uh, that they can lean on. Right. But ultimately, go do your thing and just show me how you're going to do it. And man. Uh, get out of people's way and let them succeed yeah. is huge. You uh, have to, and especially when you want people to succeed because we are who we are by experience. Mm-hmm. Let them fall forward, yep. scuff the knee. Don't right. let them fall f- backwards and have a concussion. Exactly. Fall forward, scuff your knee, you'll remember that. All right. So I think one of the last things we wanted to cover yes. was life-work balance, specifically mm. as a CISO. So we've talked about dev. We've talked about developing folks. We've talked yes. about uh, risk, uh, all that good stuff. But now we're talking about CISOs. And we got into this conversation on the phone the other day out of the blue uh, to be able to just talk about, like, what can you do uh, as a CISO today or as you're coming into these, you know, more uh, intense roles? Yes. Uh, to get yourself into a place where uh, you're not burning out or uh, you're, you're ma- able to manage these things better because uh, obviously you know burnout is a key in our yes, in our role is. in our yes, in our industry so talk to me about what your what your thoughts are I have some as well so I think we can kind of go through this pretty pretty snappy my thoughts on there could be a little bit um, controversial of but course. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you're in the right it. place for it that's it I'm just saying that. One of the items is that um, we've chosen this profession. We get to do it. We asked for this. Out of all the jobs out there, we asked to be in cybersecurity. However, the best thing about your mental health, and I do believe it's important, but you know yourself. Mm-hmm. Control your feet to help your mind. Mm. If you're around negativity, move your feet. Get off around that environment because it can be very toxic. Yes. Control your feet. Know how to give yourself an out. Go walk. Time and space. Time and space. Walk around the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Know how to give yourself a mental break. Know how to unwind before you get home. I used to have a long drive before I went home. So I had time to, 
if you will, relax my mind before I get home. Have a separation between home and work. Mm. Understand that because you walk through the door home, that's your family. Right. That is the real character. The card, well, I'm dating myself. The business card has one item on there. However, when you walk in, your fa- it's how you're building up your face. So not to separate that. That LinkedIn profile is not you, right? <laughs> that is correct. You have to recognize that what happens at work is work. Mm-hmm. Now, cybersecurity, we're always on. We're That's on the smart. wall watching. But you have to know how to regulate that. Now, if you need a week vacation, take a week. But if I'm the kind of guy that needs two days, I need to do myself. I need to do two days. Another analogy, you know I love them, David. Put your oxygen mask on first before you can help anybody. But know yourself. If you need to work out, if you need to read, you know, do the elements that's productive to you. Go to the gym. Put the headphones in where you can just isolate. And I'd go even a step further than that. So if you're struggling to find what that is, right, do some exploration. Yes. I think I think journaling is a very good place to to do that. And I know a lot of people find that maybe a little off putting potentially because it's you in a blank page. But there's some some there's some value and some wisdom to be found in that blank page as yes. you start filling it in with your with your journaling and explore those areas that and find out what's giving you the most time and space mm-hmm. to help regain what you're losing from that erosion over time. We all, I think there's part of it that's a hero uh, oh, uh, situation as well, where I can do it. I can take it, right? And, and we talk, you know, you can do masculinity or, or even just, you know, the, the, that idea, but also the, because uh, there's women out there that are probably much more intense than some of us guys, true, for sure. Uh, but it's the, I can do it. I can take it. I can, you know, and it's not necessarily like that. I think the, you know, I, when I was consulting, we used to walk around the parking lot up in uh, Massachusetts uh, just to get ourselves away because it was a pretty stressful environment and it worked wonders and I've leveraged that since then. I had never done it before, but I had a wise soul that said, let's go for a walk. Exactly. And and you can still talk about work. That's the best part, right? You can talk about something, but you're out there, you're in, you're touching grass and you're, and you're feeling the sunshine uh, gives you that time and distance away from just that you know, immersive. You know, that, that point about finding that time and space, if it's on your drive to the office, if you have that coffee shop or tea, whatever it is, when you go there, get that and then take that first sip, take that first bite of the food, relax, know what you need to do to gain that. And another point I think is, could be a little strange, but it's good. If you had a stressful day, look at the little notes in your journal mm-hmm. or on the little sticky notes or whatever you had there and look at what you was doing there were you making rough sketches figure out what happened during that take that back look at your calendar what meeting caused that mm-hmm. then speaking of calendars if you look at your calendar and it's back to back to back to back to back learn how to give yourself a moment to breathe time block you have to. You, have you control block. your calendar. You control your calendar. I agree. Okay. Well, I think we covered that pretty well. I appreciate that. Um, so I think we're kind of rolling toward the end here. Um, didn't want to say, well, go ahead. We what did have got? one more on the Eisenhower matrix. Oh, I, yeah. I we didn't to, cover the Eisenhower. Let's cover the Eisenhower matrix. That. I think that's good. I think we go roll that back up into how do we develop our teams into Developing teams. Developing the team. I mentioned the part about the reading which is great immersing myself on the team and then you have to take a step back for this year i did not give my team an assigned reading i said guys so much is happening with emails and you need to know how to use 
a tool to help you. And I found the Eisenhower matrix. I was actually at a, uh, another event and the guy mentioned, I said, man, that's great. And he started looking at it. That's what Dwight Eisenhower used mm -hmm. during his time in the military. And even when he went into the presidency, being able to understand it. And I went in and I said, I like that idea. Hey, so to do, then it's something that, oh, you can get rid of, oh, you can think about a little bit later, and then to delegate. And I thought, with us, CISOs, and all of us out there, we know we have small teams. Be careful. And I told my team this. When we're using this, it's great to delegate. But if you delegate to somebody without the skills, it's going to come back with a vengeance. Yes, it will. And hit you. So understand that's just not a, a paper shuffling. You need to have thought with it. But I think it's a great tool, great visuals out there. So I would advise and see so if you have not used that, I think it's a great tool. It stood the test of time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean it helped win World War Two. Man, there you go. So uh, yeah, and I agree. I, I uh, use it myself. Uh, I would recommend anybody go out there and do a research on the Eisenhower yes. matrix. It, it gives you a great framework by which you're able to to manage the those numerous things that come at you and that you maybe not feel like you have a lot of uh, it gets it clutters up pretty quick, yeah, and it allows you to cut through that clutter and and get things where they need to be. So perfect, yeah. Thanks for thanks for reminding me of that. Uh, okay, so we're gonna do the wrap up, and this is the t my ten questions. So okay. my ten questions are a little bit different uh, for the audience. There, if you haven't heard the podcast yet, uh, a whole big thing that I want to do is humanize what we're doing here, right? So yeah, we can have tough talk. We can we can call the elephant out in the room and all that good stuff. That's fine. But at the same time, we're all humans. We're all here. We all want to connect, right? And so with the 10 questions, it's a series of 10 questions that really short answers, but it's going to allow the audience, the listening audience, to connect with you and understand who Robert Pace okay. is as a human being and that you're not just a CISO with great wisdom, uh, <laughs> but you're, you're, you know, there's a whole lot more to you. So here we go. All right. What's your favorite word? Oh, man, my favorite word in times of stress or? Just your favorite word. No modifiers. If I'm stressed, it's going to be, it can, maybe a little bit out there. Do it. But it's like, shit. You're fine. Because that hits it. And it hits it's like it. stubbing you, hitting your, your thumb with a hammer or you stub your foot. That's the first to come out. But we're going to go in the closet after a meeting. That's there the first go. thing you say. Yeah, exactly. what happened? What's your least favorite word? Oh, that's easy. I'm putting the two together. That's easy. I don't, I don't like that. Okay. It's not easy. What area of your work do you find the most interesting? Oh, working with the people. People. What area of your work is the most challenging for you? Making sure you can communicate at a thousand different levels and keep the same messaging. What sound or noise do you love? The rain. What sound or noise do you hate? A car crash. Mm. Yeah, we've been there. That screeching sound is not good. Yeah, the pause before the yes. impact. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Law. Law. What profession would you not like to do? I always remind people this is not a down on anybody else's no, personal, no, it's personal, not, it's not, personal it's, preference. Personal it, preference. It's, it's not a down. I, I, I don't think I would want to be in deep sales. Mm. I, I'm, I'm sales. It, Understood. No. Yeah. If heaven exists, 
what would you like to hear your God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. So in this episode, we covered a whole lot of stuff, <laughs> and I knew that was coming. Uh, I'd like to thank my guest, Robert Pace. Uh, I have the utmost of respect for you uh, as a mentor, as a friend, uh, as a guy that helped get me here. I so, say respect to you. I appreciate it. Uh, but we covered quite a bit uh, around risk, around what it means to be a professional CISO, around how to build teams, Eisenhower Matrix, around uh, how to get your peace of mind right right for the job that we're trying to do uh and so obviously i think there's a whole lot of insights there truly appreciate what you bring to the table and so colleagues and friends i renew the call we must professionalize the role of CISO. until next time i wish you health happiness and success on your path to becoming the professional CISO. let's do this we're professionalizing the CISO role so please subscribe to the Professional CISO Podcast.